1: This episode is brought to you by What's the Big Idea? An indispensable guide to becoming a kick-ass creative director. By yours truly, Jaime Cabrera. Pick it up on Amazon and now available on Audible. Welcome back to the podcast, Confessions of a Creative Director, the original podcast made by a creative director for creative directors, for aspiring creative directors, for creatives of all types looking to up their game. This is your podcast, and I am your host, Jaime Cabrera. Welcome back. On today's show, we have the very talented and effervescent Joe Bird. Joe is the creative lead at Lounge, a lingerie brand from the UK, and she's also an accomplished creative coach, mentor, speaker, photographer, and all around inspiring personality on LinkedIn. She's here to share a lesson she's learned along her journey about the importance of creating your own personal brand as a creative that will help you stand out from the crowd and build credibility. So, without further ado, let's get into it with Joe Bird. Hi, Joe. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm super excited to talk to you today. So, thanks for making the time. I know it's late. It's so uh, what, what time is it in, in, uh, in London right now?
0: It's about 8 p.m. on a sun- sunny summer's evening. So, we're all good over here. There's no is rain, which is it's unusual for the u k but there's no rain right now, so
1: that's great and it, and the, and the sun is still out
0: a little bit It's just setting, it's just simmering down, just a, a beautiful pink sky so I'm, i I love an evening I'm an evening kind of girl i I get most calm and I get all my creative ideas on an evening as well, so yeah.
1: All right, well that's good. I felt I felt bad cuz I felt like I was, you know, I had scheduled this too late for you, but it's gonna hopefully you'll you'll leave the call feeling really inspired and go out and and do all kinds of amazing uh things tonight.
0: Absolutely. I'm much much more of an evening person than I am a morning person, so you got it the right way around for me. 100%. Okay, excellent.
1: <laughs> next and next time we and next time we talk, I've been slacking about this because originally the concept for the podcast included having a, you know, sharing a, a drink or something, some kind of cocktail over, over over Zoom. I've kind of gotten away from that. So next time we talk at this time, we'll, we'll definitely have to do a, a, a cocktail or a drink or something. I don't know.
0: I love that. A little whiskey nightcap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, knows, who knows what revelations we've had <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> It's probably for yeah. the best that we're not doing that
1: right now. No, no, I think, I think, I think it would be good. So ne- next time we'll get into it. Well, first of all, congratulations on your new book, which you just released a couple of days ago, uh, which is called The Noise in My Head, which is, I think, a- about a topic that you know um, probably a lot of people need to-, to hear about. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, and then we're going to jump into our-, our topic. But tell us a little bit about, about your-, your new book.
0: Yeah. So the noise in my head is actually years of work, um, which is kind of crazy when you see the book because it's quite a small book and it's poetry. So there aren't that many words in it. Um, But actually the book itself came from uh, during lockdown. So it's 2020 and I think everybody was sort of going through that real slumber of mental health becoming quite a big conversation. Um, And I'm someone that's always sort of uh, had mental health issues and just just really ups and downs throughout my life, really. Um, But it was really COVID and the pandemic that really made me think about it. I think because we were all sort of locked in our homes and we had not much else to think about. And as I started speaking to friends and colleagues and family, and we're really opening up to each other, it just became really apparent to me that we're all sort of going through a very similar thing. Uh, And as we know, there's a huge stigma around mental health and people just feel really embarrassed to talk about it. And I just thought to myself, what if I can use my creativity to, to sort of summarise how it feels and to get people to really understand that they ha- like, can experience this and feel seen and heard by other people. And maybe they don't need to openly talk about it. Maybe they can just feel seen and heard in a different way, which is why the poetry came about and the illustrations in the book. It just felt like a creative outlet for me that could really have a conversation that people are scared to have um so yeah it sort of grew over the years and i didn't rush it i didn't want to rush it um i really wanted it to be sort of a labor of love and just really take a lot of time and just make sure the words were right and the pictures were right and the the feeling was right so i didn't know if i'd publish it this year next year or in 10 years time but i thought don't have a stress about it just when it feels right it will be right um so i sort of followed the intuition there
1: and are, are all the poems written by you? What about and the illustrations? Or tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, the whole shebang. Um, I'm, I describe myself as a multi hyphenate, so I I love to draw. I love to write. I find that words are very healing, so I've always written journals from from when I was you know a little girl in primary school even and. There's something about sort of writing down thoughts and feelings for me that actually really helps me deal with emotions without having to go to somebody else with those emotions. So uh, there are even poems in there and little anecdotes that I'd written in my journal over the years that I pulled out and and put into that book, which is a terrifying thing if you think about it. Like, somebody reading your journal is the worst thing ever. Absolutely. But I just figured, what good is it sort of sat in there? Like, I need to... I need to do something with these experiences that I've had that I found difficult and help other people in that process. Um, And and some of the other poems are off the back of conversations that I had. So uh, there's one about depression being almost like a storm. Um, And if you can sort of get through the storm, like hold an umbrella or just get your raincoat a little bit wet, the sun will come out. And you'll sort of be so grateful and happy that you lived through the wildest storm. And that's like a sense of accomplishment that you sort of got through it. And that came from a friend that I spoke to. And he sort of said, you know, like, it's kind of like a storm. And then that sort of sparked my brain. And I was like, right, I can, I can work with that. So it's all done by me, but it's really inspired by the people around me. Uh, just, yeah. It's just really inspired.
1: And and I would, I would assume that many of those people – um, are are creatives, right? So I've always had because I, I I suffer from from a little bit of of depression as well, and you know it, I I've often wondered like what are the effects of depression on creativity? Obviously, I'm a songwriter too, so that naturally sometimes helps write songs, right? But they're they're done in a very certain vein. But when you're when you're working in advertising or marketing it's a different type of creativity, right? Nobody wants to see an ad about my, de- my depression or whatever I'm going through. So I've often wondered like what kind of effects does the depression have on somebody who's a creative like us, right? Working in a business, promoting a product, you know, I've always wondered like what, what does it do to that type of creativity?
0: Oh God, yeah, you're so right. It is different because, you know, our job is to think of ideas all day, every day. And, and to do that and to be creatively charged, empowered and strong and resilient, you need to have so much uh, energy in you to to be able to do that. And when you're suffering mental health issues or when you feel depressed, you have zero energy. It's the opposite. You, you almost become uh, like a vegetable. Like you literally are just sort of, you have loss of energy, loss of motivation, no inspiration, nothing makes you happy. Nothing makes you excited or inspired. So it's the opposite. So it has a huge knock on effect. Um, but super ironically, and I don't know how this works, but it's how I've sort of solidified in my mind what my mission in life is. Uh, creativity brought me back out of my depression when I when I was suffering with depression. It, it was writing and drawing and doing those things without a client, yeah, on, sort of in the mix. Uh, just that freedom of expression and just exploring that really brought me back out of it. So I don't know if this is like a full circle uh penny drop moment um but it, it has a constant knock-on effect and everything in life is connected so you feed the beast in a way um but i'm just really grateful that i i know my outlet which is creativity but for some other people that maybe go through mental health issues like they don't know their outlet in that way yeah so it, it's, it's so much harder to sort of yeah. pull yourself out of it
1: well, thanks for for writing that book, and I, I and I think it'll it'll help lots of people. So again, it's called The Noise in My Head, and it's available uh, on Amazon. Um, so let's transition into this a great topic that that we're going to talk about today, which is really the importance of personal branding for creatives, right? And and when we say creatives, um, we're we're talking about you know, people that have day jobs, right? Like, like you and I have day jobs, but we're also trying to do something else, right? And we're sort of our own brand. So I think that's, that's sort of what you're talking about. But also just for in general, for any creative. Um, But before we jump into that, just very quick, quickly, tell us what you're where you are now and what you're working on. And then we'll transition on how that, um, you know, affects sort of your personal brand or how that ties into your personal brand.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I'm Joe Bird and I'm a creative leader at Lounge Underwear, which is uh, a, an amazing UK brand based in Birmingham in the UK. If you know the Peaky Blinders on Netflix, then you know Birmingham or Ozzy Osbourne. That's the other yeah. uh, call to fame that we have. So, Lounge is a lingerie brand and the mission is incredible. It's to empower women worldwide to be sexy and comfortable in everything that they are. So, when you compare lingerie brands to, you, you've got your Victoria's Secret, maybe Skims, there's This whole idea of um, just something that's quite out of reach to to real women and and just women around the world that are diverse and different. Um, There's a real sort of aspirational element to those brands. And whilst Lounge has that, it's much more relatable Um, and the products are 10 out of 10 beautiful. So I'm just really excited to be part of a brand that is really empowered for women uh, and just has that incredible mission. there's some big exciting plans for the next few years for lounge that I can't reveal, but I'm involved in them. Like I'm excited about them. Um, so for me within the brand, I am, creative lead so i have a creative team with me and we concept the campaigns uh the creative the experiential elements um and as i say because it's so up and coming we are all hands on deck right now like how do we really make a splash in this in the lingerie category so uh taking on your you victoria's secret and skim's like yeah, yeah we're hungry we're for, it. for it. we're, we're coming we're for coming it. Yeah. we really that's are awesome.
1: so then okay so that's your that's your day job but then you're also Um, you know, a coach and a mentor, and you've done some, you you know, you you did some TEDx um, speaking. So you've got this whole other thing. So tell us about that.
0: Yeah, so uh, you're quite right. I did a TEDx talk this year. um, So that was on creativity. I'm a creative coach. So I have about 10 different uh, creatives that I'm working with right now uh, on and off. So they come to me as and when they're ready and we have coaching sessions and I help them with whatever they need help with, whether that's they're a photographer and they need to try and find more clients or whether they're a creative in a brand and they're struggling with imposter syndrome. So I just, I cover all of it. um, And I absolutely love working with other creatives because we have so many penny drop aha moments. It's Crazy, And I learn loads from them as well. Um, so, yeah, so I have these other things going on. Um, I also do a bit of judging in some creative competitions as well. So it was Cannes Future Lions last year, and cre- it will be Creative Pool this year, which is just about to get going now. So, yeah, I eat, sleep, breathe creativity. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, where do, when do you have time to sleep? Um, so that sort of necessitated maybe, or I don't know if that was the impetus that you're doing all these things, for you to even start thinking about a, a personal brand for yourself—is that—is that the way that it sort of happened? Where you started thinking, "Well, I'm my own sort of creative being. I need my own brand." Is that how you came to that, or?
0: Yeah, I guess I went through what a lot of creatives go through when they're working full time for an employer in in previous jobs. This idea of working your ass off, giving your heart and soul to your creative in that in that company, and and getting stuck. Like, you just keep getting stuck, whether it's your employer that's not understanding what you're doing or your client just doesn't get creative. And you just feel, you know, and you just feel so frustrated. Like, you've got this entire vision in your head of how amazing this brand or campaign can be. And everywhere you turn, it's a closed door or a no or we can't do that or the budget's not right or bam, 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 bam. And slowly, I've
1: never experienced that. I don't know what you're talking about. My my (laughs) experience.
0: Every creative in the world right now is going, oh my God, yeah. yeah." Yes, yes. Um, We feel it, we all feel it. And I went through that as a very young, naive creative, trying to work my way up in the industry, so hungry for it. Yeah, and I got really angry about it. And I was going for a promotion and they wouldn't even interview me and just really little things like that, that I was like, I've worked my ass off. I've done the evenings, I've done the weekends, I've done the pitch work. I've done above and beyond what you've asked me to do. And I just don't feel like creatively satisfied or personally satisfied. And I sort of had this big meltdown where I was like, it's not for me. I need to walk away from creativity. And then I very quickly realized that was a terrible idea and I could never walk away from creativity. So there must've been something else for me that wasn't standing in front of my employer saying, I don't like this. And them saying, well, it's my business and I run it. So what are you going to do? Right. I guess the penny dropped with me that I need to take some responsibility and I need to take accountability for myself and my career. And there's a person here that's building a brand and building a business and I work for them. But what if I built myself like they're building their brand? So right. putting myself forward for opportunities, you know, putting money and investing money into myself in all different ways, uh, skilling, learning things, connecting <laughs> with people, net- networking, like everything you would do if you were to brand yourself like do a startup brand why am i not doing that for myself right what it just seemed crazy that all this time i was pointing fingers like they won't promote me i was asking for permission whereas actually i needed to look at myself and just say you won't promote yourself so how can you expect someone else to do it
1: oh my god i love i love that and i'm marking that because that's going to make it into the cut down you know if you (laughs) if you won't promote yourself right That's fantastic. But it's
0: true, and um, I think maybe because I've done a lot of pitches, a lot of creative pitches, and the number one thing I preach to other people is: if you don't believe in your creative idea, you can't expect anybody else to. It's just—it's not even just a mindset; it's written all over your face. If you—you know—that idea that you take into the pitch, that you're like, "I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to try and get it across the line." Yeah, they can smell it. They can smell that you're not happy with your work, and and they will yeah. feed off that. It's an energy. So I just use that logic for me and my life and my career. Like, if I don't believe in myself, no one's going to believe in me. So yeah. maybe I'm give. Maybe I'm giving off an energy that's just not quite right, and I need to do some work myself. Um, uh, and then there's almost that that sort of bitter little thing in your mind that, like, you know, if they didn't promote me, then I'll show them what they're missing. You know what I mean? Just a yeah. really cheeky little, I'll show them. Um, like yeah. in a healthy way, not right. in a like, you know.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I I think you bring up a good point, And I think we may have discussed this when we when we talked previously. But this is there's this idea that when you're creative, and you're working for an agency or a company that you kind of get into this mode where you feel like they own you, they own your creativity, or they own you in some way. Right? And, and the way that you see it, it's like, No, I'm my I'm my own creative entity. And yes, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm like on loan to you or, I don't know, you're, I don't know, there's some, some different mentality around it, some different way to think about it.
0: 100%. I think before you do this mindset switch, so I, I think personal branding is, is a mindset. I think it's a mindset. Of course, there are things you can do to bring it to life, which we can obviously get into, but it's a mindset switch for me. Like I now am accountable for me. So what can I do to be accountable for me? And for me, that means not walking into an employer and and letting them own me. So I, I can walk into the place I work now and feel empowered by myself and my expertise and what I bring to their business Rather than walking in the business going, oh, I, I really wish that they'd give me a promotion or I really wish they'd notice me or XYZ. I think people really notice that change. The way I walk around, the way I hold conversations, the way that I don't get defensive if they don't like my ideas. Um, there's just so, so much of a ripple effect when you flip the switch on your mind. And I have to caveat that this comes with great respect. So... I say, I treat, I treat my employer like a client. Like if I, if I was completely freelance and I had a a list of clients, I would be like to them all like, yeah, I work, I I work with you and I want to do the best work possible for you because I don't want to lose you. That's the same mindset I have for my employer. Like I walk into that building and I'm going to give 11 out of 10 every single day that I'm in there, but I know they don't own me and they're not responsible for me and my career and my future. I am. And that's the difference so that's why it's a very empowering thought if you can if you can get there
1: yes and i and i love that just the visual that you kind of described it it, it changes your posture t- changes your swagger right you're, you're, it's a different mentality and i love that cuz you're absolutely right there there's utmost respect and you're going to you're going to leave it out on all out on the field for them uh, and then you're going to go off and you're going to do your own thing right and and well, and be accountable yeah. for yourself yeah outside of the, outside of that building so you've developed um and this is a great piece and I'll I'll link to it when we post the, the episode but uh the importance of personal branding for creatives and you come up with a few sort of principles or tenets and the first one is credibility and trust so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you mean there
0: 100% so we're in this era now on social media of social proof so been in denial for a very long time about this because I didn't like the idea of it, but I have come to terms with it eventually. Followers are currency now. Followers bring credibility. If people see that you have a big following or if people see that other people are gravitating towards you for whatever reason, then they will jump on the bandwagon. They trust that. There's um, a little thing in consumer psychology called the mirror exposure effect. And what it essentially is, is uh, familiarity breeds trust. So when you're showing up online, uh, creating content, building your personal brand, and you're doing it consistently, which everyone will tell you is the trick. You don't need to go all guns blazing at once and then nothing. You need to just do slow and steady wins the race over time the familiarity of people continuing to see your name show up and continuing to see your content and your mission and what you stand for and your work they trust you just even by seeing your name they trust you so a personal branding activity and building that over time does build credibility and trust in you it's just a psychological phenomenon that is a fact essentially it's it's what humans do (laughs) without realizing it um and of course, then with your personal brand, you can promote all the other companies and work experience that you have. And people can actively see that. Whereas prior to building your personal brand, it would be hidden in your CV and no one would really see it until you send your CV. But this way you're making it public domain so everyone can see it. Um, so I think that's really important. It's essentially the art of self-promotion so that everybody can learn who you are and that you're a great creative.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And not to get too too in the weeds, but in your mind, you know, is that um is that once a day, is that once a week? Is that I guess it, it just depends on what you can do, but would your recommendation be to do it as much as possible where you're putting things out there and commenting and and just, you know, really building out your brand and and, so, and out there?
0: yeah. So I started with once a week. And I, and I just did once a week for quite a long time for months and months because I knew I didn't want to bite off more than I could chew because I knew in my heart of hearts that giving up was a bad thing. And I would put myself off if I did too much up front and then couldn't cope. And it, you know what it's like if you don't, if something doesn't go well, you're like, Oh no, panic. It's a terrible idea. I'm just going to leave it all completely. absolutely. Whereas if you just get the slow nuggets of success, it's like someone holding cheese in front of a mouse and you just keep running, but you just got to keep dangling it. So I did once a week on LinkedIn for uh, quite a few months until I started to get more momentum and then it becomes addictive. And there's, it it just becomes addictive because the algorithm's built that way. Social media is built that way. They want you to be hooked. So slowly but surely, over time, I went from one to two posts a week for a few months, and then I upped it to three and to four, and now I do five, sometimes six, and I can't yeah. help it. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, and there's an
1: addictive nature also in in terms of like meeting like minded people like you. And I've met so many people just by doing that that are that are on a similar mission. And that gets addictive too, right? It's just like connecting with people and, and having these conversations, you know, about the work that we do. And, and that becomes addictive and commenting on each other's work. And it just becomes kind of this really cool little uh, community. So let me ask you this. And this is your second tenet. How do you, how do you stand out? What do you, what do you do to kind of, you know, break through the noise? There's so much out there and that's, that can be daunting. Uh, but how do you stand out as a, as a personal brand?
0: So daunting. But the trick for me was I didn't, when I set out, have this intention to have X amount of thousand followers and to to be in the public domain. That wasn't really my intention. My intention was to showcase my work in a way that people could enjoy it other than just being buried in my portfolio. But over the time that I started to up the ante, it it became apparent to me that little sentences I wrote on my posts, people were responding to. And I started to learn more about myself than I could have done if I just sat in a room thinking about it by myself, if that makes sense. So the things that people were gravitating to for me were, Joe, you're so inspiring. You've really inspired me today. Thank you for posting this. It was so inspiring. You've really made my Monday. It was really, really inspiring. So I'm like, ah, there's a pattern. I'm mm. actually a positive Polly, and I've just got this, This, I'm a, I'm a mindset advocate. I'm like... you. You make your life, you make your choices, energy is everything. And I didn't realize just myself that that was oozing out of me. But when I was writing, just very, you know, not thinking into it, people were telling me, this is what you are and, and we love it. So I'm like, "Ah, oh, let's do that. I'll pull it in and I'll dial it up. So that's kind of what I did.
1: So it's it's a matter of, in a way, it's kind of testing the waters seeing what's, what's resonating with people and, and, and finding that part of yourself, right? And, and figuring out, okay, that's, that's who I am or that's what people are, are resonating with. And maybe that's, that gives me an insight into the, into the personal brand.
0: I want to test and learn. I, for some reason, I think people think you can just know it. And you're just going to go on LinkedIn or whatever platform you choose and start yeah. typing and you're just going to know who you are as a person. But this is some deep shit. Like You need to really dig deep to figure out who you are as a person. It's, it's not obvious. Like it, it's really not obvious. It should be, but it's not. And sometimes you need someone else to, to give you that encouragement and say, this is how you've helped me. But I would never have known that if I hadn't posted a hundred times. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. didn't happen in one post. It was a pattern over time.
1: So if, if we were to collect all those posts and look back at them, how did they start off? Or what did, what did you think you were going to be about?
0: Honestly, I just thought I was going to talk about creative, how, how great creativity is and how, you know, here's a shoot I did. And it was great teamwork. I remember always writing that, like, oh, look at the team. Look what the team pulled off. Isn't it amazing? So for me, it was a celebration of creativity but you get to a point where you give the people what they want and that's like a social media 101 like when there's a lot of people i saw gary lee talking about this not long ago actually some people complain that they're putting content out again and again and again and they're not getting the results from it and he just very candidly says you're putting content out that you want to show people yeah. you're not putting content out that they want to see and it again it's that idea of branding a company like what's your mission how are you going to help people when you know how you're going to help people, you can start creating the content. It should never really be about you. It should always be about the pain point for someone else. Um sure.
1: But so- but just to just to let let's see if we agree on this, it can also be fake. It's gotta it's gotta be naturally something about you, right? Like if you weren't a positive person and then somehow you figured out because you did write one positive post that people gravitated, then all of a sudden you're gonna fake being a because p- people will sense that, right? Or yeah, right. Yeah it still has to be it still has to be something authentic about you that comes out in the end
0: 100 percent authenticity i feel like it's i avoid saying the word authentic because i feel like it's such a buzzword now (laughs) but yes you do have to be real you do have to be honest but i i skirted around that because i feel online now people sniff it straight out and actually you wouldn't last long faking it anyway like your content wouldn't be very good like it's it's kind of it's a no brainer for me that you have to be real and be yourself because put it this way I've been working on for two almost two years I would have quit by now if I was trying to be someone that I that I'm not I would just not be able to keep it up um, a- Another example of that is I get people asking me quite a lot How do you come up with all the content like what, like do you sit and batch do it or like do you just do it on the day I'm like it just comes to me. Yeah. it literally just comes to me and I know that's because I've latched right into what my my personality is and so it's it's not a task for me it's my daily thoughts <laughs> so that's why it has to be authentic for sure right but I latch I latch into that and then give the people what they want so for example I wouldn't just talk forever about uh, how I've inspired myself today by doing XYZ. I would make something very applicable to someone else, so even if I use a story of myself, what's the pivot and action point for them to then take right if you know what I mean
1: yeah, so I'm curious to this question because i because i I'll probably share share my my uh, my thought here, but are you do you think I gotta imagine that there's still part of you that you haven't revealed yet? it through through your personal brand is that true or do you think that you've kind of put it all out there because i when i think about myself and i'll jump in first when i think about myself I, I think there's still a lot there's still more that i that i haven't revealed right and i'm thinking well how is that going to come into play i think it's going to be maybe about some episodes that are a little bit more vulnerable or maybe it's about talking about some really complicated, deep shit, I don't know. But do you feel like you're already there or do you think that there's still more Joe Bird to come?
0: I think as long as we're living and breathing on this planet, there is always more of ourselves to come. Isn't there Mm. like, it, just every day is a new experience where you learn something about yourself. And I think that's why building a personal brand online and taking people on that discovery with you is so important because it makes us human and it makes us, it's, it, we can show people that we are still learning and people love that. Nobody likes the finished article. Yep. You come under under fire when you try and pretend that you're this finished article and you've you've got all your shit together. Um, I'm very vulnerable and honest on my posts, like very, very vulnerable. And I'm okay with it. I, I'm actually okay with it to a point where I just hope that, help someone in that moment but for sure there is so much more that i'm learning and i even though i have my i have three content pillars and i have a mission for my content even though i have those mapped out i know for sure in say six months time they're going to get a refresh and then we're going to sharpen the tool again but that's why I, i liken it to running a brand like an actual business brand because you would do that in a brand anyway you would, yeah. you would do that same process of like right we've we've now grown to x stage let's rebrand let's sharpen the tool let's define our, our mission again because we have a new influx of, of customers like maybe they need to know who we are again it's the same process what's hilarious to me is creatively we do this for our jobs day in day out we don't do it for ourselves
1: yeah wow. Yeah. No, I I think that that's great. And I haven't, I, I mean, I, I have, I, I, I love how you've, you have the three pillars and, and I haven't, I don't think I've taken it that far. I definitely have a mantra and a a way that I see the world, but I haven't done that. And and that's, that's a great exercise. And how did you, you know, I I assume you've have them written down somewhere or you probably have a poster of them. I don't know. I mean, because I think that part of the process is committing it to paper, right? Because, uh, somebody said if it's not if it's not paper it's if it's not on paper it's just vapor or something like that, but you have to like crystallize it and you have to commit it to paper. I, I assume you've done that.
0: I use Notion, which is the best. I don't know if you use Notion or no. anybody uses Notion. Oh my god! Okay, you you need to get yourself on Notion. Okay, um, a lot of people will know what I'm talking about. It's sort of doing them. it's it's work its way around the masses at the moment. It's just a it's an app you can you can use. Download it. Um, there's a free version. I've got premium. it it does everything project management note taking it's a creative masterpiece and there's emojis everywhere which makes me super happy um
1: you do love the emojis i've noticed that which i think is i think is so you and it's so on brand for you so that's great
0: social native and all that um but yeah i have them so i have them on my notion so i have a whole like uh index in my notion which is all about my personal brand and i have my mission i have my three pillars um which for me is just to empower, inspire and educate. And then I've broken down into each of those like actual clear ways that I do each of those things. So whether it's a a personal story to empower, whether it's five tips to do X, Y, Z, to educate, if if that makes sense. So I I break it down, but um, yeah, I have those all mapped out and then I have like a whole list of topics that I like to talk about. And I think it's important to have that list of topics because otherwise you can go, crazy with what you talk about and you forget that it's confusing to people yeah actually the best thing to do is to be repetitive because that's when they remember you so i try and keep it quite narrow but i will say i don't think even i'm narrow enough right now i'm still working on getting narrower and niche. um but i'm not rushing the process I'm, yeah. I'm just sort of being organic about it you know yeah
1: and and you're collecting data points along the way right yeah. you're collecting information that's going to help guide you to get that just again like the real like the work that we do for for our clients it's the same it's the same thing mm-hmm. um and i think you've kind of started touching on this which it, it is creating a, a consistent vision which was your uh kind of your third point here that's all about consistency and having those having those kind of pillars and those i love the idea of the topics because In a way, I imagine it like, okay, here's my pillar and here's a topic. How do I combine these two for today's post or whatever it might be? It also kind of probably makes uh, the process a little bit simpler, right? When you're having to um, write a post or something, although it sounds like you you just get inspired. So you, you just crank them out. But that's a good, that would be a great note for me. It's like, okay, let me take my, this pillar today and this topic. And what can I, what can I write?
0: Yeah. And that's such a good point. The way in which you put your content together is really going to depend on you as a person. If you're a much more rational, logical person, get all get everything prepared, like even uh, schedule it. You can schedule in LinkedIn and, and platforms like that. Get it all listed out, type it all up, do it in a batch on a Sunday evening, Blast it out for the week. Because to that point of consistency, you need to keep the content going over time, even if it's once a week because the drop off is where you will start to fall out of love with the whole process and actually you need to do the opposite you need to fall in love with the process and you're not going to do that it's like going on a first date you're not going to walk in and snog the person are you like you're going to go in and just have a bit of small talk treat it that way and grow into the snogging and taking them home like later on (laughs) but you're not going to do that straight away because it will terrify them there's a romance to this like I'm not a logical person in the sense of I run much more by intuition and energy and feeling. So that's why I can just sort of get something pop in my head and type it up and go. Yeah. But everybody works differently and you just got to play to your strengths. Like just play to your strengths with this and do do whatever is going to make sure that you keep showing up. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be people that are trying to do this that just can't handle it over a long period of time. But the best People will do it long term. They're the ones that will get the opportunities and be remembered and get the success out of this. You've got to put the graft in, though. It's not going to happen overnight. And
1: and here's where I here's kind of where I struggle is, um, is in just feeling like here I go again. Here I am. Here I am talking about this, and here and feeling like people are going to get sick of it, right? And and I talk to. You know my my little core group of people who hopefully you will become part of my my little group that I reach out to and say what what I need to do now. But um, I I kind of feel like am I am I just am I just sounding like a broken record and that gets in my head and then you start you know that that imposter syndrome and all that stuff comes into play and then I've missed a day right because I feel like mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a day off I'm gonna give people a, a break but it doesn't work that way a simply because of the way that the algorithm works and not everybody's seeing everything all the time. But also, I would imagine that people start to depend on the things that you're writing and they're looking for you, right? And, and it becomes almost like an, an obligation or like a, a, an accountability thing. It's like, hey, somebody somebody might be waiting for me to comment on something or post something or, you know, so it almost becomes a little bit of a responsibility to your public, right? As weird as that sounds, right, but to your audience.
0: I think it's so funny that you talk through that because it's, you speak like such a creative. I just totally, when you were saying and I get in my own head and then the imposter syndrome happens and this is the sort of creative chat I have with my creative friends all the time. It's like, what will they think? Like, am I doing this too much? Is this right? Is this creative idea okay? Blah, 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 blah. And you just spiral. I turned that off when it comes to creating content because I had to convince myself that nobody cares. I needed to tell myself, nobody cares. No one cares if you show up today and no one cares if you don't show up tomorrow. No one cares if you post this today and make a spelling mistake. No one cares if this, no one cares if that. Convince yourself that the world does not revolve around you because when you can get that off your shoulders, it's just uh, like game changing from there.
1: But, But then, okay, so, but then what is the motivation? It's just you expressing yourself and being okay with that. So you're saying like, I'm gonna do it regardless of anybody reads it at all or, or sees.
0: I'm it. gonna. I'm not gonna get in my own head about it. Is what mm-hmm. I mean. I'm not gonna get in my head about the fact that I've done posts recently that completely bombed and got like seven likes, and I'm like, "Fuck, what did I do wrong? Like, <laughs> what's going on?" And I'm like, "Should I delete it?" And I made a pact <laughs> to myself. But I'm like, "No, never. You do not delete it. You leave it because." you lose some and when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture and you look at where you want to go that's when you can make the decision on whether this is right for you or not i don't think we can look so insular in the moment of will this post be okay for them today like everything just needs to zoom out you need to zoom out and get out your own head that's that's what i mean by that sentiment i think like we are so self-absorbed sometimes that we think everybody's going to care about everything like no they won't they'll forget about what you said yesterday people are very fickle they'll see you right in front of them and then they'll forget it when they when you're gone it's okay that's okay like it doesn't matter that's i think that's the empowerment i'm trying to get across like don't sweat them with the small stuff just show up just show up and that's it complex specialty care that cares about your ROI
1: it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions
0: that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder
1: that's great I love that so we covered we covered your 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 three points right but have you discovered any other things any other you know thoughts or new epiphanies that you've had in terms of you know creating your your personal brand
0: I do think it's really leaning into that idea of consumer psychology, um, which I see a lot of people talking about personal brands at the moment. It's it's kind of a trend that's blowing up and everyone's all over it. But I don't see people leaning into the idea of consumer psychology enough, or even human psychology. So I recently read a book, it's a great book, um, Choice Hacking by, okay. uh, let me get her name quickly, because I want to make sure that I credit it. It is by Jennifer Kleinhens, Choice Hacking. And she basically talks through loads of great examples of brands. So it's like live examples. Like she pulls in like Uber as a reference, Netflix as a reference. So you actually get this tangible evidence behind what she's saying. But she lists out a load of different psychological effects that that people go through when they're shopping or looking to connect with brands. Um, I've already mentioned one of them, the mere exposure effect, the idea that familiarity breeds trust. But the other one being social proof. So this idea of people gravitating towards people with bigger following, which is weird when you think about it, because there could be like a a PhD professor who has 100 followers and then a recent graduate that has zero experience in anything with 10,000 followers. And people probably trust the, the grad more than the PhD. But truth behind it and unfortunately it's just the world we live in so that's a reason why I think building your personal brand and getting on that shit is very very important because you almost do yourself a disservice Um, it's fickle but it's just it's just how it is Um, I even had an example from a a client I was working with not too long ago we were looking for a photographer for um, a photo shoot we found a brilliant photographer amazing portfolio brilliant client roster Awesome, perfect for the job, um, but we were working with an influencer, and the influencer saw that the photographer had barely any Instagram followers and refused to let us commission that photographer because there weren't there wasn't enough social proof behind it. Essentially, the, like the influencers, like who even, who even is this person? And I'm sweating because I'm like, as a creative, they're like an amazing creative, but you're looking at the following and you're saying, no, I don't want to work with them. This is real. This is this is what's happening. So. This is another consumer psychology element to the idea of personal brand. And then the third one I had was something called salience bias, which is uh, when you mentioned to me what makes you different, what makes you stand out, building a personal brand is what makes you stand out. So if you're interviewing for your next creative job and you wanna climb up the creative ladder to creative director in, in a brand, and you're up against five of the CDs who have brilliant clients, brilliant portfolios, and it's, who's, who are we gonna pick? The idea that you've got a personal brand and you've got a sort of a community around you and you are very self-promoting online and you've got shit going on and you're interesting, and you've done a TED talk, or you've done this and you've done that, and that will all have come to you from your personal brand. People are gonna be looking at you like, I noticed that person, they, I, I've seen their name online before. Um, I've had it to me. I've gone into meetings with a uh, PR agency not long ago, a virtual call. Oh, I know you. And I'm like, oh, I don't know you. And they're like, oh, I've seen you online. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it's almost like we can now and like we're friends and it's broken a barrier. And that's what salience bias is. It's standing out from the crowd. It's being very clear about who you are, which you can't do if you're hiding who you are and letting the world see it. Um, so those are just three consumer psychology that. points that is very important and the reason why building a personal brand is so great. And if you want more of them, all you have to do is look into how to brand an actual brand because it's all applicable.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And it, and it's just funny that we just, you know, to, to kind of go back to a point that you made early on, it's so funny that we don't look at look at it in the same way, right? For some reason, I think it's because, you know, because it's, it's, we're, we're self conscious or we're, I don't know, some kind of fear in our own heads, but it's all, yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, what's, you know, what's next for you? So, we've got the book, you've got a very prolific, um, you know, feed and, and you post all kinds of great things. What's next on the horizon for you? Or what do you want to be doing? What are you like trying to manifest?
0: So I am, a few things. I'm always busy. People always look at me like, just take a day off, Joe. I'm like, no, I love it. Um, so I just got announced. So today I got announced that I was uh, sh- uh, shortlisted. I couldn't get the word out. Shortlisted in the newcomer category of the Speaker Awards. Wow. Um, and that was off the back of my TED Talk. So I'm going to be going to an awards night in July and fingers crossed, hopefully winning the category because speaking for me is this ironic... Journey of self-development and self-growth. I was literally the girl in school that would go bright red in class. Like I couldn't say boo to a ghost. Like it was just I was just so shy. So the fact that now I'm able to put myself on a stage or a platform and have a voice is just something that I never thought I was going to be able to do because of the way I was. Um, So it's just like a real pinch me moment of can this become something that I grow into even more? Like, can I do the keynotes around the world? Can I take my voice and inspire people in different countries and share creativity and knowledge and mindset and all that sort of stuff. And for me, that's just a very exciting prospect. Um, and it would just be, I would always smile to myself. Like you never thought you would be stood here sort of thing. Um, and that's when you know it means something because it's like, yeah, you, you sort of walking through adversity, I suppose. Um, when, yeah.
1: when when you think about that transformation and and I think this is probably I think it's it's the basis of your talk which I haven't I haven't seen yet but can you pinpoint moments in time and things that happened that helped you make that transition or was it one big one big moment or one big thing that kind of helped you flip the switch
0: there was a few things i think first and foremost i'm probably one of the most determined people you will ever meet like this determination for me for things that i love which is creativity in career, is like this this wildfire hunger and i knew that if i didn't work on this public speaking thing or learn how to pitch ideas in a public forum i knew that i wouldn't get very far with this career because it's basically a massive chunk of it so it was something that it was like a or die Like get on board with this and figure it out or, or you're not going to, you're not going to nail this. Um, and then the other part to my answer is practice. And it's not the answer that people want because it's like a cop out answer, but it's, it's unavoidable. It's the truth. I yeah. have done. It's so true. I have done so many presentations. I have recorded them. I have done the painstaking exercise of watching, watching myself back like time and time again. I've spotted where my ums and ahs are. I have watched my body language. I have monitored when I get too monotone and by no means am I the finished article, but watching yourself and forcing yourself to analyze what you do is really eye-opening. Oh um, yeah. And it just really enhances what you do and 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 just doing public speaking, going to meet up groups and standing in front of everyone and doing a talk and things like that. I've done all of that in small little communities and everyone you learn from. Um, so yeah, practice and, and just determination. And I think that's, that's what really, it was over time. It wasn't, it wasn't a quick thing to answer your question. It was just a, a, a progression throughout my career. And then I started to see what was possible. And I was like, okay, this is cool now. Let's go again. Let's dial it up. Um, so yeah.
1: That's awesome. Maybe that's, maybe that's gonna be the, the basis for, for another book. Perhaps? How did? Yeah, I, 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 Let's talk about this for a few minutes. Um, but what was the what was the the book writing process for you? I know you said that you didn't rush it, but did you like me sort of get the bug and and be like, okay, I'm going to do this again? Or do you feel like, ah, I'm not doing that for a while? That was that was very emotionally draining. Maybe the maybe the content, but um, did you get the bug? Like, all right, I can do this. I want to do it again
0: need a break i'm not gonna lie
1: really okay okay
0: (laughs) i need a break i think for me because i get so determined on a project i had this tunnel vision towards the end when i could see it was in sight to to get it online and it's like nothing else mattered and i would like do night after night after night after night like i'm canceling plans with friends and i'm not going to and i'm like no i need to do this book i need to get it done now And I just need a break from that. I need a sense of my life back, even from a creative point of view, because today, for the first time in a very long time, I've had a day off work and I've just I've just been to the local shopping center and had a little stroll around and just absorbed people and smells and things. And I'm like, whoa, I needed this. I needed to get out of my house. (laughs) So uh, I, I didn't get the book in that sense. But for me, it's going to sound a little bit sort of spiritual now, but I'm, I'm getting there in my older age. That book really came to me. I didn't sit there going, I want to write a book. What can I write it about? The idea came to me. I, I saw the cover in a dream. Like, it, this is the shit that people talk about and it actually happens. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to draw that before it disappears. Like the little scribbles around. The, I've got to draw it. I've got to get it done. I believe that was for a reason. I believe that that came to me at that time for a reason. And I also believe that if I hadn't have brought it to fruition, someone else would have done. So I needed to get that done. I was like a carrier to the idea. This is very spiritual. And anyone that's not spiritual is going to be like, No, 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 I love it. I love it. Um, But I think that's what creativity is. I think ideas can come to you. You are a carrier. Either you execute or you don't. But Someone else is going to if you don't, because it's important. It's an important idea. So... Uh, that's how I feel. So who knows? Maybe next week another idea will be delivered to me, and I'll be like, right now I need to see this one through. But maybe life's going to give me a little break so I can go on holiday. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well. Hopefully, and you know what? And and we'll have to keep in touch because I I do think that there's and I kind of mentioned this earlier when I was saying what what are the, what are my what's the next evolution of the types of shows? I would love to do a sh- uh, an episode on. You know how spirituality or, or your faith or anything like that plays into creativity. That's one. And then mm-hmm. something that you touched on also, I, I've been wanting to talk about, and it's this idea. You phrased it differently, but I'll call it a chip, right? Like I, I, I feel like I've always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder where I'm trying to prove something to somebody, oh, yeah. right? And somebody else has said has has said it as well. It's always good to have kind of like a like a like an like an enemy to focus on, right? Your your energy. But I've come to this realization that that's good. That will take you a certain way, but at a certain point, it becomes a hindrance. So I I, I want to talk about some of those things. So we'll have to maybe uh, schedule some time to talk about that. But yeah, I, I look. I think you delivered on your mission today. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, the three pillars that you talked about were educate, empower, and inspire. Did I get them right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you did. Yeah. I
1: feel like you delivered on all three of those things today, not only for me, because I definitely feel all those things, but definitely for the audience. Um, I think that you delivered on, on all three. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And also thank you for writing that, that important book. Again, um, check that out. It's available on Amazon. And I just look forward to you know, being in each other's circle and, and keeping an eye, eye on, on the all the great things that you're going to do. And uh yeah, thanks again for being on.
0: Thank you so much. And yeah, I cannot wait to talk about our uh, enemies, shall we say, but how to make that productive. I think everybody's going to relate to that. So I be- think that's a really exciting topic. Do
1: you? Because I, I, I've, <laughs> I've pitched this to a couple people and they're like, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, know, I think it's important. They're just
0: They're nervous. That's why. They're really nervous about it. But I, I'd be totally over it.
1: Yeah, because I, I do think this is the realization that i've come to i think it 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 definitely helps especially when you're coming up and it, not a, not in a mean necessarily it doesn't have to come out in a mean sort of way but just having that little bit of that chip on your shoulder helps propel you but we what but i've what i've discovered is that at a certain point if you don't address it and you you shift it it could it could be detrimental but All right. Well, I'm glad that you're excited about that because I think that's a good topic. I even thought about, you know, is that is that the topic for another book or I don't know. I'm still I'm still toying with that. But all right, Joe. Well, thank you again. And uh, let's be in touch.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Okay. take care. Bye bye.
0: Bye.
1: And there you have it, folks. Another episode of Confessions of a Creative Director in the Books. Thanks to my very special guest, Joe Bird. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to develop some of those uh, those key pillars and some of that key language. I've, I've definitely done some of that work already, but uh, I'm going to do some additional work to build up my personal brand. So thanks, Joe, for inspiring me to do that. I also want to thank my new sponsor, Commercial Directing Film School. That's Jordan Brady's masterclass on how to become a TV uh, commercial director. So I don't know if you know this, but my degree is in radio, television, and film. Uh, I've directed tons of stuff. I haven't done it in a while, so I want to get back into it. So Jordan was kind enough to sponsor the podcast. And I'm going to be posting about everything that I'm learning here on the show. So be sure and check that out. Again, thanks to Jordan Brady uh, and the Commercial Directing Film School. More on that to come. Hey, if you're an up-and-coming creative director, be sure and pick up the book, What's the Big Idea, An Indispensable Guide to Becoming a Kick-Ass Creative Director. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Audible. Uh, Be sure to follow me here on LinkedIn as well. I'm also looking for uh, coaching uh, students. So if you want a little one-on-one creative director coaching, be sure to check out my website, JaimeCabreraCreative.com. All right, that's going to do it. Until next time, peace, love, and creativity. See ya.